listener production. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's Enough Already. It's me, Ashla Carlson, and my guest this week is comedian, writer, podcaster, actor, dad, friend, that guy, Matt O'Kine. And just like a piece of cake, why not have two? It's your birthday. It's not your birthday, but it's someone's birthday. That's why we're giving you this episode in two parts. Today's part one discusses Matt's experience with sleepwalking in a hotel room. VR porn, who would have thought? And his genius invention of putting recording buttons on his grave. Here's part one of my chat with the hilarious Matt O'Kine. That's quite enough. Just, just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. It shush, please. Yes, I can hear. But I don't care. That's enough already. Shut up. Matt O'Kine, you're my first double up. I've had you on this podcast before and now you're my first return. So I'm like, you want to start strong, but then when you start repeating, you want to go really strong, really hard with someone who's not going to give a lot of dead air or not. To be fair, not that I've had many of those. No, you know how to pick them. You're a seasoned pro. You know how to pick them. I I just can't believe how... I mean, like I, I was driving past your billboards recently in uh, at the Aware Theatre. I was just like, yeah. that's so mad. Yeah. I'm, honestly, I'm as surprised as anyone. <laughs> when people go, you you play to 6,000 people. I go, I know. I, honestly, the first time I walked out to 6,000 people, I nearly cried. I had tears in my eyes and everything. You know, I mean, this is not comparable, but I remember when I was, um, I did my very first Melbourne Comedy Festival Roadshow, and this was a gig that I had dreamt of doing my entire, no, no, comedy festival gala, sorry. Um, And this is a gig that I just dreamt of doing my whole life. And so I remember when I walked out on stage and did it, it was a really kind of -of out-of-body experience where I said like, you know, I'm, I'm halfway through my jokes. The jokes are coming out of my mouth, but in my head, I was there going, oh my God, Matt, like you're doing the thing. Yeah. That you have dreamt of doing. And you, you, like, I was thinking you're watching this, you 10-year-old you is watching this on TV somewhere, you know. I went to the after party just for a bit. It was surprisingly how short, you know, I like an after party. Um, But I just, there was something in me. I was like, I can't do this. I just felt tired. I was exhausted. And so I went home, had a beer when I got back to my hotel, and and then went to sleep. And then the next thing I know, I'm having a dream where I'm walking through this hotel. And then suddenly... I wake up from my dream and I'm standing out the front of my locked hotel room in just a pair of underpants. No. And I'm like, oh, what? And I'm trying to open the door and it's in the middle of the night. And so I'm just in undies, tiny little undies. I mean, not tiny undies, massive undies. Um, What (laughs) colour? And uh, and so I'm like, okay, well, what the hell am I supposed to do? I couldn't get into my room. And so I sort of crept through the hallways of the hotel and then went down in the lift and had to step out into the lobby in just my undies, you know, at like one o'clock in the morning. And I creep up to the desk, hands covering my kind of privates. And I go like, the guy's like, can I help you? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I have no idea what just happened, but I've woken up outside of my room. And he goes... Yeah, I was watching you walk around for a while on the cameras down here, wondering what you're up to. (laughs) So just hands me a key and I'm like, I don't know what happened. I have no idea. So the dream, at some point the dream became reality and he was like, and he's just been sitting there watching me roam the halls in in my underpants. And I said, I'm so sorry. He goes, mate, don't worry. It happens all the time. Yeah. A friend (laughs) of mine got arrested because he... Um, he had a big night. We had a, a comedy show out in um, Taranaki and he had a big night and then um, 
he he got drunk and and somehow the hotel door he's uh, you know like he he just went on plastered I'm going to bed took off all of his clothes completely naked mm. hopped in bed and then um he got woken up by the police so what had happened he thought it was in his room but the people staying next to him didn't close their door properly like who the, how the <laughs> fuck do you miss that and he had just gone in, stripped down, and got, you sort of fell back in bed. And he was between the two of them, and he passed out cold. What? No, no, no. He was between the two. Between the, the two of them, the husband and wife. And they then phoned the police. So the police come, and they're struggling to wake him up. And then they finally get him awake, and he's like, no, this is my room. And they go, no. And they arrest him. And he's like, no, 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 like he was so confused because he's still blind drunk. Well, you know, sometimes they do give you a room. Like they give you a room. I've walked into rooms before where, you know, you start looking around, you're like, hold on. And then you realize someone is actually in the room still, like they haven't checked out. Yeah, you feel so, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm gonna, I'm a, am I a burglar? I'm a home invader. <laughs> you feel like a thief immediately. When you see someone else's shit, you're like, what did I just walk into? Yeah, well, the, and the other, only other time that I've actually sort of, well, the properly slept walk, similar sort of thing happened, but I found myself trying to get in my car. Oh. Like I'd walked down to my car and I was like trying to open the door and that's when I woke up and I was like, what the heck? Like, why would I be trying to drive somewhere in the middle of the night? So that was kind of scary. And was that also following on from um, a big night or something exciting? You know what? No, but I'll tell you what, that, that particular instance as well, this is why I think it might be adrenaline related because, so, you know, I had a situation in my mm. relationship, my past relationship 10 years ago or so now, um, that where... There was, you know, I found out my my partner had been cheating on me with my best friend and, um, you know, we'd all been living together, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, if you want the full story, feel free to watch a television show on Stan called The Other Guy. Um, it's very loosely based on events. So anyway, the, the, the friend or the ex-friend uh, who had moved out, you know, who'd been part of the affair and stuff, we had all had to go to a... Bucks party or a Hucks, a hens and a Bucks party together. And he was there. And it was the first time that I'd had to be in the same kind of room as him since it had all unfolded. So this was like, I hadn't seen him for about two years, but it was quite a, you know, confusing or difficult position that I was in. And so, yeah. And I think that, that, that having that sort of confusion throughout the whole day meant that night. And granted that day I had been drinking a little bit more than I had been at the gala, but, um, but still, I think, I reckon there's an adrenaline related. Yeah, I totally think so, hundred percent. So those are my sleepwalking stories, which I didn't expect to be telling. But anyways, there they are. My son is a sleepwalker, and it's creepy as fuck. He walks in. Oh, does he talk and stuff? He walks in, his eyes are open, oh, and he yeah, just. No, but you can scary. tell, like you, I can talk to him. He'll turn to me, but you can tell he's not registering at all. Like and he'll say some whack yeah. stuff, like. You know, in the afterlife, they have yeah, three yeah. eyes or something, yeah, yeah. and you're like, "What? Yeah. <laughs> you are a demon. You're not my mother." You know, stuff like that. Like, you know, he's yeah, asleep. Yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't mean it. Yeah. He doesn't mean it. So you're not my favorite. <laughs> Your pancakes suck. I'm like, what? Uh. <laughs> Wake up! I'm awake, mum. I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lies a cigarette. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Luckily, there was no. Um, yeah. Um, going to the bathroom in the wrong place. That kind of seems to be a regular occurrence. Yeah. Not to me, but to people, I'd say. 
I open my eyes, I know immediately where the bathroom is. It's like my brain just remembers. I can't find my car in the mall, but when I get up in the middle of the night, I know exactly where the bathroom is. Do I go right? Like, you know, some people always sleep on the right or always, I sleep wherever. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, really. Oh, no, I, I mean, we're, we're very much a sides household, and so I kind of like to stick to it. Oh, well, yeah, but also, no, do you know what? I sleep on whatever side has the bloody plug at a hotel. True, true. Isn't it annoying when, when hotels don't have plugs? It's like you're 2023. Matt, Matt, we need I the mean, plug. You are blaming the bad design of hotels on hotels when you should be traveling with a five meter cord and never face another problem in your entire fucking life. Please don't tell me you travel with a five meter cord. I travel with a five meter cord. You will never hear me complain about where the plugs are located, bitch. Man, I am, I'm, and I will plug it in next to the, t- behind the TV and lie on the bed with my phone. You're kidding me. No, look, I, that to me would be a safety hazard because I like to lie in bed listening to a podcast, right? Crime podcast. And actually one of the things I'm always worried about that one day I'm going to get the headphone cord tangled around my neck and I'm going to choke and I'm going to be the That victim. is the last. That should be the least of your fucking problems, my friend. Murderer is going to come into your house and slit your throat and you will not hear it coming. I am never wearing noise-cancelling headphones. I've got noise-cancelling in my bag right here. I always wear one. I'm like, you're not fucking trapping me, Satan. Not today. No one's coming to fuck me up. Well, this is like, this is like, I tried like VR, you know, those VR headsets that for a while there, like you could put your, slide your phone into it and you have the VR headset at home. And it was all the rage, literally about 10 years ago. But I remember trying it. And of course, the first thing I did as a, you know, young gent was try um, VR porn. But the problem was I had you have it over your eyes and you've got mm. the earplugs in. I started thinking, what if someone's walking in? Like, what if I've, there's an intruder? Yeah. So then to offset that, I just started saying, I can yeah. see you like in just yeah. mid-session, just occasionally saying, I can see you. I know you're there. If someone just lifts your, your head from while you're doing, go, good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I want to, yeah, I don't want to see that. They, or they just lift the headphones. I can see you too. Ah! Just start stroking your butt, you know, your butt cheek. <laughs> no, you go, damn, this this VR is real, son. <laughs> no, I could never, I could never, like, not being able to, I'm so sensory, you know, like I want to be aware what's around me at all times. I feel like my life is in danger all the time. Even here at the, because I'm in a proper studio in Melbourne, um, and there's a lot of security. You have to like scan your, your, you know, your pass thing to get in through all the doors. I'm like, why is there so much security? Now, normally when people just go, there's a lot of security or we got to scan a lot. But I'm like, there's a reason for this. Mm. Obviously, the top brass have received the threats. We are not aware of the threats, but we are obviously in danger because why do I have to scan three doors to get to this little studio was very basic microphones in. So I'm like, we are in danger. This is bigger than just coming for the microphones. They're coming to get us. I mean, there is a personal safety thing you've always got to worry about. I was I was on a plane recently and I saw a guy get on the plane without scanning his ticket. He just walked yeah. straight through the gates because like the, the people scanning the tickets, well, someone had walked down the tunnel a little bit to catch up to someone else to talk to them about something. And then the other one was just busy doing their aisle. And the person who was in my aisle literally just walked straight through. And I was like, hey, you can't, 
yeah. you can't just do that. And so when we got on the plane, I, I made a bit of a fuss about it. And I was like, to the hostess, I was like, hey, um, mate, someone just got on the plane without a ticket. And he's like, oh, which one? I'll, I'll, you know, I'll sort it out. And so I'm just watching it all happen. And the guy sitting about two rows in front of me is to the right. And the air host wouldn't do anything. He just like didn't go and check anything. And eventually I called him over and I go, hey, have you checked this guy's ticket yet? And he goes, oh, wait, who, who, which guy was it? Was it that one? And I was like, no, I told you, it's this guy got on without, I know, without a ticket. And then he goes, ah, yeah, yeah, no worries. And then I see them like, and then I see someone else get on the plane and they talk to the guy, but I don't see any tickets being exchanged or any, it's a security issue. You can't just waltz onto planes without being accounted for, right? But then they start teaming up on me. The two air, air hosts are there going, do you feel unsafe? Do you want to get off this, this flight? This isn't about you. This is him. Why am I the one who has to get off this flight? That guy's sitting here with who knows what in his fucking pockets. You could be that you know? woman that goes, that motherfucker's not real. <laughs> you, you guys. Can- <laughs> I honestly wanted to do that. I wanted to get up and be like, fine, have fun on your flight with that person who didn't bloody scan their ticket who could probably blow this thing up. Who knows? I don't want anything to happen on this plane, but if it does, I'm going to be so smug on the way down. You, I'm going to be like... Did you take anyone to say, this is what's happening, this plane blows up, can you let the project know? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, but I was, I was, oh man, I was so angry. Did you write an email? I did. I know, and I went to the complaints, the complaints section of this particular aircraft, and then I wrote down this whole thing and I clicked submit and it said, our system is currently broken, um, you'll have to wait to submit errors. And I was just like, fuck <laughs> this. I'm out. Just forget about it. Thank fuck we lived or this, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, You're lucky I'm alive. Otherwise, this email would have been even more strongly worded. Yeah. <laughs> when someone does something like even flying into Melbourne, this family who had obviously just returned from Bali because their children had their hair done in a way that wasn't appropriate for their super white children, if you know what I mean. And then so they just came up with all their bags, like five big bags, and then loosened that thing and just cut in the line. So they easily would have cut off about 400 people. Sometimes I have to kind of respect the sheer audacity. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just, sometimes I just think like, wow. You actually can yeah. live with no rules. There's no, like, I'm the only one who's annoyed by this. They're not worried. They're like, yeah. I'll just do whatever I want. And then you start thinking like, why am I bound by society to do these, to line up like this? I, should, I could just walk through yeah. if I wanted to. But you don't want to be the asshole. But some people just don't yeah. care. It's like those people who, you know, if you're queuing up in traffic and then you see someone go in the emergency lane and then just cut right in front. And then I used to... Get so angry yeah. about it. I'm like, there's a special place in hell for these people. They will die a fiery fucking death. But now I look at it and I go, yeah, good on you. You know, you're going to get home. You're going to get home <laughs> yeah, an yeah. hour before the rest of us who are just here following the rules, making it possible for you to drive in the emergency lane. Because if we all just use the emergency yeah. lane, now we've got three lanes turning right. Why don't we? Why don't we? And then we can all fucking merge into the one lane and this is where the problem is, you know. But then I look at it and I go, I go, karma never rests. You cannot cut in line. And then I bet if you follow those people on socials, one of their posts is like, you know, the cost of living or, you know, my boss is a dick or there's always something that is a huge problem for them. And it's like, because you're a cunt. <laughs> well, I always just sort of think, yeah, if they're doing that, something must be wrong yeah. at home. Yeah. 
You know, there's a life life can't be good. No. I mean, when I was on the plane, I, I um I didn't do it that time, but I, I was talking to a friend recently who start who says every time they get on a plane they like write a little letter to their kids. Really? Just to sort of tell them what they're up to and how much they love them and all that sort of stuff in case something happens. Because I've been thinking about death a lot because I did this episode of this show called Catalyst on the ABC. It's coming out really soon. Um, and it's all about death. And it was like, so actually recently I did do a little voice recorder when I was sitting on the plane. You have to do it real quietly. Um, Daddy's dead now, but I do love you and I'm going <laughs> I'm gonna watch you. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? Like, I reckon if people if people overheard you leaving that message, that that have freaked them out. <laughs> like, what's going on? Bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. That's why three C's gonna blow the plane up. <laughs> I really love you, and I'm sorry that I'll never see you again. Like, what? What? <laughs> oh my god. Um, so no, but I mean, it's a it's a nice it's a sentimental thing. Yeah. It's a nice idea. Um, but I mean, the, the death thing was doing this episode of Catalyst was really quite interesting because the death thing, it had me thinking a lot about death. Like, have you got your shit in order if you die? I do. I, I just got my life insurance. Um, what are you going to do when you when you die? Okay, so my, my thing is very, um, you know, people always say there's not going to be a funeral, it's a celebration of life. And I'm like, fuck that. I want people to be sad. I want people to mourn for at least 13 months. I want everyone to wear the black veils at my funeral um, because I'm dead. Sad. All, all stand-up comedy is cancelled. We just don't do it for a whole year. Yeah. <laughs> Out of respect to Ursula. It's going to be dark. I want no sex, no oral sex, nothing. Just people are going to be mourning. I'm dead. Like, why Why are you celebrating this shit? Everyone has to wear black. Are you going to do like, like you know, how people like having the funny sort of songs at their funeral or, you know, organize the flash mobs? Are you going to do anything like that? You want people to be like howling. I want to play like really heavy classical music that feels heavy on your heart as you're sitting there. And then maybe some Ronan um, Keating or, you know, like Josh Groban, like real stuff that hits in the heart. I want that. I want people fucking weeping. <clears throat> Just like a you say yeah. your best when you yeah. say nothing. Yeah. People right. dabbing their cheeks. You should, you should get a security guard to like tap people on the shoulder who aren't crying. No, no, and then and then just be like, sorry, you're gonna have to leave if you're not. Crying. Your tears are running. You may as well then just join with a few, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, no, so I get I get buried, so I can you know there's some way for people to go sit and and weep for me. Yeah, the idea of actually having some yeah. a place where people can come and celebrate. They might not weep, but they might be able to. Like people have picnics, they Love crack it. open a few cans. You can host a party on my grave. Yeah. Back, back. I want people to have something to go to. Like it's always so in movies, you don't see people walk to the ocean and stick their finger in because this is where we drop mum. No. You, you know, you go to a grave. Song. You know, you should you should have one of those, like a selection of buttons on your tombstone, and it, and like with a speaker, and you press the button, and it plays like random clips yes. of your stand up. I should re- I should <laughs> re-record some stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that the next single, the next, like the next DVD, you never put it out on on Netflix or anything like that. You just put it on the graves. What I do is I just record those, you know, like just the actual Santa bits and people will listen to it. And then I, I, when I, uh, I now record some stuff and then I put it at the end. That was an interesting choice. (laughs) 
<laughs> so when they finish listening to it, you just hear this cr- my croaky voice. That was an interesting choice, Matt. Still not yeah. allowed to laugh, Matt. I know you're right. Be serious. Um, what about because because part of the show what we did was as well they came to my house and they like uh, my my partner was on the was on the show. What they did because what what they're finding what's happening is that people are. Because, you know, I mean, you, you, you're surely across all this AI business. Yeah. And, you know, how artists are scared, et cetera. But what people are using AI for in some instances, yeah. right? Because you can get like holographs now, holograms, um, and deep fakes. And you can then program AI to make a bot that essentially speaks like you. Yeah. So that if when you die people can yeah. talk to you still. I don't even want to talk to people now and I'm alive. <laughs> can I get it now? <laughs> and then when I'm dead, then I'll have my own recorded shit Just playing a, from the grave. Imagine that. Imagine that. In Christmas time, Ursula's <laughs> bot comes to town instead of you. My mum's just standing in the corner talking about what a bitter disappointment we all are. <laughs> um, but we only programmed ours for a month, a week and a half. And I have to say, there were glitches. Like at one, <laughs> point, at one point, my partner asked, just as a, just to, to just to see how accurate it was, just said, can you um, tell me what sort of restaurants we used to go to, right? And which my bot just started fully glitching out and just saying, I love chicken. I love chicken over and over again. It just kept saying, I love chicken and it wouldn't stop. And so I was like, wow, that's, is my bot being racist about me? Like I can't decide whether my bot stereotyping. <laughs> and watermelon, Kool-Aid, wait, wait, fuck yeah. off. I'm like, whoa, 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 calm down, bot. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not, I'm not too worried of AI just yet. Um, you know, we might cop a few, yeah, a, a bit of uh, stereotyping, but that's about it so far. But yeah, so um, I don't know. It's interesting. People, uh, you know, people would argue that it's going to delay the grief because because one of the one of the arguments is that people might become attached yeah. to this bot of you, and they might decide to stay in on a weekend instead of you know, and talking to this fake bot. Oh, the, oh, the other thing is nothing in this yeah. world comes for free, right? So what you're going to end up having, like imagine sitting down to talk to your deceased yeah. partner, right? This person that, oh, you miss and love or, or even worse, one of your kids or something like that, you know, and you're thinking, oh, I just want to come home from a hard day's work and talk to this person that I love so much, you know? And so you log into the bot and you say, I've had a really tough day, you know, how should I deal with this grandpa or, you know? son or whatever. And then the bot just says, I'll tell you, Matt, but first let me tell you about <laughs> ZipRecruiter. You know, Zip, <laughs> like what? <laughs> so you've got to sit there while your dead relative bot sells you, you know, some crap. You like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, it's so lucky. It'll be like this fucking Alexa. Every time I try and tell her, I didn't get that. Or she just answers something else. Like I go, what's the weather in Auckland? She's like, nutritionally, cucumbers. I'm like, who the fuck is talking about that? <laughs> have, you, have you been, have you seen the like, um, the Reclaim Alexa no? lobby group? Basically, Alexa's around the world. 
are annoyed that a company has essentially stolen their name. And they're, they're mainly annoyed because people say, oh, like they can't say their name without someone making a joke anymore. And Karens are saying it too now. Karens are saying, hey, look, I don't, I don't like using my name, which ironically is a very Karen thing to do, to complain about people using your name. I know. <laughs> so I know. You can't even complain because it, it would be deemed a Karen thing to do. So it's, yeah. you're in a tough place. I, I sympathize yeah. with Karens. Um, but Alexa's, yeah, like, you know, go to change.org. There's a, there's a petition here, 7,500 people. Um, you know, they want, they want to rebrand Alexa to a non-human name to end the harm it is causing. Bixby is the S- Samsung one. Like, no one's called Bixby. Oh, there is. I'm going to look up Bixby. I bet they wear a vest. Yes. It sounds like a butler. This is a butler Bixby. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Bixby definitely wears a small vest, a little toupee sort of thing as oh, well. No, Bixby is 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 a name in oh <laughs> Bixby vibrators. <laughs> oh really? Oh that's B I G S B Bigs B. Yeah. yeah, Bixby, sorry, I'm just ordering one while we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> You get the knock on the door right now from behind you. Amazon's uh, already here. <laughs> the power goes whoop, whoop. Bigsby, dial it up a notch. If this shit doesn't give you a concussion, you're not doing it right. <laughs> so there you go. Apologies to if your name yeah. is Alexa. We feel you. We hear you. you Alexa, um, look up there. Ursula Carlson. I just want to fuck with people's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, I hope you like part one of my chat with Matt O'Kine, but I didn't mention an extra slice at the beginning of the episode. Do you remember that? Do you remember that far back? And that's exactly what you're going to get. I'll see you next Monday for part two of my chat with Matt O'Kine. The episode is so funny. We had to give you two. We just had to. You can watch Matt's new eight-episode series, Mother and Son, at 8.30 on ABC or catch up on all the episodes on ABC iView. You can also catch them on listeners' very own Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast podcast on the Listener app right now. Catch you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. Supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Beck Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, gals. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister, don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know, but definitely share it with a friend. 